One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed. Now it's time for a Spotlight Star Wars with your host, Ken Knapsack. Hey everybody, welcome back to Spotlight Star Wars. It's been a bit, but happy to check in with all of you. This is my monologue from me to you. A Star Wars fan to all of you, Star Wars fans and Force Center friends out there in the world. Are we in a little bit of a Star Wars dark age right now? Which is weird to say, because it's like a, a month or two without a new show. We got books, comics, we got rumors and stories and speculation to abound, but uh, we have got uh, nothing new to talk about, and it seems like I've talked with a few people around the Star Wars world, just like... It kind of feels like we're uh, well, downtime of Star Wars. Uh, I say ironic because 
Well, if you were around the late 80s, early 90s, it seemed like Star Wars was a distant memory. You've heard those old man stories from me before here, but uh, I wanted to take this time to kind of really reflect on what it is to be a Star Wars fan right now in 2021. Uh, you know, bear with me here as I just go through these thoughts. Without a doubt, it's become very Mm, frustrating, hard, challenging to be a Star Wars fan online. We all know that. I've uh, stated like Grumpy Luke before he was moved to find a way to help from Octo. Uh, I I've stood there almost as if uh, Star Wars fandom is Ray, and I just kind of take a big swig of my green milk. I've I've muted all the words. I've I've blocked out a lot of Star Wars conversation from my online life, and and I'm going to continue to do so. And I I'm going to tell you something. I hate to say make it sound negative, but it might be something that you want to do for yourself, too. Mental health, uh, mental welfare, it's, it's all very important. And that's just something that uh, it was taking its toll. And you can look around the landscape and you can see all kinds of uh, conversations, uh, discourse, if you will, if you want to use that word. Sometimes, most of the time, it's just shouting, just shouting, shouting, shouting. Whether it's uh, shouting from the Empire or shouting from Sagarera, it doesn't matter. You're in the fight, you're out of the fight, it's all there and it's sometimes just too much for me to take. It might be too much for you to take. And so it starts to seep in. It starts to affect the way you take in Star Wars and the way you enjoy Star Wars. I absolutely have to admit, during Mandalorian Season 2, I, I had my guard up. I had my guard up because I so loved Rise of Skywalker, and I just knew Mandalorian was going to be used against it. And then when it started to happen, I'd pound my fist on my, fist on my desk, uh, metaphorically and sometimes uh, actually literally pound this desk with this fist um, and say, see, I, I knew it. I knew it. This damn Mandalorian show, it's being used against Rise of Skywalker. And that's a fact. That, that's something that does happen. It doesn't happen as much as maybe I would even think it does, but... If it happens once, it's almost too much. It's almost too much for you to take. And, and, then, and then that started to, to color the way I viewed uh, The Mandalorian. If I Maybe even I enjoyed the episode uh, more than I wanted to admit. Not that I was lying or, or, or finding um, false criticism in it when that wasn't in my heart. No, I, I, I approach every episode of, of Mandalorian Report here in Force Center with, with truth and, and honesty and, and always from a point of love of Star Wars. And, and if you listen to the episodes, I think you get where I'm coming from. But I, I, often, this is why I'm glad I don't run to podcasts or uh, video uh, casts, uh, sets, the moment after watching the show, like uh, in some of the old jobs I had at Screen Junkies or actually more Collider, you know, uh, not to, you know, wagging any fingers back in that direction, but it's like you watch that episode of Game of Thrones and you run to the set and you go live so we can get those clicks and we can get all that kind of stuff and you break down the episode. You try breaking down something as, as dense as Game of Thrones in a matter of minutes uh, while the cameras are firing up and while the streaming software is firing up and try to watch an episode and make the notes. It's, it's just hard. We don't, that's why we don't do that here on Force Center too much. But I'm glad because I think if I had gone to the air in the mere moments after the Mandalorian episode ended, I think I'd be upset. I think I'd be like, ah, super, super defensive. And even some of that came through. And so you can hear, and even in my voice now, it's a whirlwind. It spins and spins and spins, and I start getting more grumpy, and I start, eh, and you just want to throw up your hands, and you want to never leave the island of Octo that sometimes we as Star Wars fans want to stay on, and that's not always right. And there are obviously a lot of good fights to have. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be out there defending those in Star Wars, defending 
uh, uh, all the different folks that love Star Wars. Uh, I understand that too, but um, I've stepped away from social media as much as I possibly can professionally. And this is my voice. This is my platform and this is the place to do it. But as noble as that sounds, not going to lie. The last five, six months, a year, I don't know. Yeah, about right. About a year. Has just been, at times, miserable as a Star Wars fan. I haven't been happy. Oh, I'm not unhappy with Star Wars. I'm not unhappy doing Force Center. I'm not unhappy to have you listening. I'm not even complaining. I'm just being honest. Sometimes you see a stranger on the street, and they see a Star Wars shirt you're wearing, and they want to engage you in conversation, and boom. Just like a stormtrooper yelling, close the blast doors, close the blast doors. I start shutting away my heart. That's just not right. Again, is it protective sometimes? Yeah. Am I going to charge head first into Twitter ever again? Probably not. Probably not. Am I going to unmute those words? Maybe. Maybe one day. But I started thinking a little bit more this week about, you know, changing the narrative and changing my focus as a Star Wars fan. Changing the way I kind of view the current landscape. Are there dark shadows to crawl into and be frustrated, even angry? As long as that fear and anger doesn't lead you somewhere, right? Yeah, of course, of course. But let's all, let's all decide to control our own fan narrative. Let's interact with those we want to. Let's find the joys that are there for us to take. And let's remember and look back and focus on the idea but about the friendships formed in fandom. I also want to point out a great tweet I, I saw from the uh, co-host, uh, co-creator of the Galactic Podcast, Lauren Roma, listener of Force Center. She's uh, been on Star Wars right before and will be again. I saw a tweet from her kind of bemoaning the same thing about fandoms. Uh, you know, Lauren, Lauren's a Detroit Tiger fan. That's a tough fandom to be a part of. Now, nah. but talking about all the other fandoms and it kind of bemoaned that, ah, man, the more the deeper you get into fandoms, I believe Lauren said, the, the more frustrating it could be. And, and, and Lauren, if, if you're listening, I, I, I'm right there with you. Sometimes you just don't want to go in deep, and it affects you, and it does affect you. But she pointed out, and she thinks about the fans that she's connected with and the connections we've all made. And I got to thinking about that myself. I tell the old man stories around these parts of, hey, you know, kids, you grew up in the late 80s. Eh? Star Wars was a thing of the past. We didn't have new Star Wars. Then the Timothy Zahn novels come out. Some Bendham figures hit the shelves. And those whispered, hushed conversations you had with the adults around you uh, that uh, we all tried to pretend to not love Star Wars as much, uh, you know, it started to happen more, and then Star Wars kicks back up. The Legends era begins. The, the, the special edition prequel era comes about. And, and yes, we know all the dark times that we all experienced in that or that we all grew out of and grew from. But then that was it, right? Except for we had the wonderful Clone Wars. I guess you don't want to overlook that. But then in 2012, the announcement happens. It's so funny to think that's only seven years after, roughly, seven years after Revenge of the Sith. Seems like another lifetime. We are almost as close now to the announcement of Disney uh, being uh, sold to Lucasfilm. Actually, do the math, Ken. Yeah, it's more. 2012 to 2021, that's more numbers. That's a higher math number than 2005 to 2012. We have 
gone farther than that. That's crazy to think. Oh, wow. That just hit me. You just, you just heard me. You just heard me work through that live on air here. Wow. So weird to think. It seems like just yesterday. And then 2014, Rebels, new books, comics, teaser trailers, and Force Awakens, and so forth and so on. Go back to those times. Go back to those times. Uh, not to put your head in the sand to anything going on now, but go back to those times and think of you as a Star Wars fan then. It's as, probably, I'd say, it's as I described. Uh, there wasn't as many conversations to be had around you. There weren't as many people like you wearing a uh, Star Wars shirt in the grocery store. It was harder for me. I do remember uh, the day I said, I'm a, I'm a sports fan, a longtime baseball fan and football fan. And I remember around that time, 2014, I was I, I got to get a Star Wars hat. I want a baseball hat that's Star Wars. It's got to be easy to find. And it was harder to find than it is now. And that's even with conventions and merch at conventions, uh, Think Geek, when that was a thing. It, it was harder to find. I, I found one, the Imperial Insignia, white insignia on a black hat. It's not even that I have a love for the empire here as much as uh, others do. You know, it's just, I like the look, I like the toys. So I went with that. From that point to now, I, I can, I could tell you the, the amount of star Wars merchandise out and about is just ah, quadruple five times, six times, 10 times. I don't know the math as you can hear me earlier. I, I'm not great with star Wars math. It's gotten bigger. It's gotten more robust. One of my favorite words. I think back to those days, 2012, 2013, uh, when I first started appearing on podcasts far, far away with Tiffany Smith and, and Harloff back in the day. And then Jedi Alliance launches with Maud Garrett and, 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 and Maud and I sit down to have silly conversations about Star Wars. I think about that to, to think about now. Has it gotten bigger? Has it gotten more nastier? Has it gotten a little less fun at times? You bet your bottom Republic credit it has. But think about the connections. Think about the friends you've made. Think about the conversations you have had and will continue to have. I'm not super plugged into the Star Wars podcast world as I once used to be. I, I know some of the names and players, but uh, my life's in a position right now where I, I just don't listen to Star Wars podcasts as, as, as much as I used to back in the day. But I try to keep aware of those around me and those out there. Because I love all the work you're doing. Whether or not I listen to every minute, every second, doesn't matter. I love the work that you're doing. That, that wouldn't have happened five, six years ago. Oh, yeah, the podcast market explodes and digital media gets better and easier to make. And yeah, 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 I understand those factors. But now, 2012, 2013, it was harder to look around and find a Star Wars podcast as, as much as they are now. And to find uh, such a wonderful, diverse field of podcasters uh, sharing their story and telling their connections to the Star Wars story. I think that's to be celebrated. And I, I'm going to try to go forward. Yeah, I know what Yoda would say. I'm going to try to go forward and make sure, yes, on those days where I just don't want to be a part of it. On those days where I look out on the Star Wars Twitterverse, if I see it at all and think, no, thanks, not for me try those on those days to focus on what has been there for me. What's been there for you? I can have a Star Wars conversation every single day of my life. And it can be a deep philosophical conversation. 
Joseph and I love having those conversations. Or rather, I love hearing his theories, and I grab a drink, listen, and jump in with my passion for his thoughts and my thoughts on the big themes and lessons and philosophies of Star Wars. You and I could have those conversations literally every day. And then if you, you want to have a conversation about how great the damn Y-Wing is, ah, uh, you might like the B-Wing, but the Y-Wing, ah, oh, we can have that conversation too. And there's more people that know. And there's more people saying, oh, yeah, I love Star Wars. There's more people that say, I, I, I wasn't super familiar with Star Wars. And, you know, Force Awakens shows up and I, I wanted to check it out. Or, hey, yeah, I showed Force Awakens to my uh, daughter, and uh, she was seven then. Now she's in her teenage years, and she's a giant Force Center fan. Or someone says, yeah, you know, uh, prequels kind of turned me off to Star Wars, which, uh, as much as I love the prequels, now it's a reality, and that happened. We all grow up. Our tastes might change. What we get out of the Star Wars pictures might be a little different, but yeah, the prequel era might have done that for some folks. And then they come roaring back with the Star Wars era, the Disney era. Oh, there's the hate videos. Oh, and YouTube will throw them at your face. Throw them before your eyes. Oh, those darn algorithms. And people will tell you the High Republic. Ah, pish posh. What a horrible, horrible collection of stories and books. I have all of the High Republic books released thus far sitting here right next to me. I haven't put them on a shelf yet. I have ample, ample shelf room for these books. I've cleared Room for them. I, I've made actually the tough decision to remove a, a Wampa plush and a Boba Fett plush. And oddly enough, a plush of me for a Screen Junkies fan made years ago. And I'm, I've, taken, I've taken them off the shelf. When you take a Wampa and you take yourself off the shelf, you know you're serious. I'm ready to put the High Republic books on the shelf, ah, except I'm not actually ready. I've just been literally holding these books. I've got post-it notes where... I've made notes to jump in and have the conversations with Joseph in our discussion and reviews, but I've just been holding them. I really do love them that much. Oh, the plots are great. The lessons are great. Um, everything in them, I, I'd say is great, especially Geode, one of my new favorite Star Wars characters. But when I say I just love the High Republic series and I, I just feel excited looking at it, holding them, tapping them like a, an old professor about to give a lesson. It is obviously about the content and the people creating them and the characters and the stories they're telling. It's about that. But even more than that, I've just been blown away by another new era in Star Wars. And we got more shows and films on the way. We got other books outside of the High Republic era. But I'm so excited that this initiative, this thing that they wanted to put out in the world, this big connective story these things would you know that we a planned connective story is something we've been hearing star wars needs for years and i sometimes disagree with that ah, i often dif disagree with that i just want the stories that need to be told to be told and it's a miracle movies or tv shows get made at all with the amount of uh, cooks that try to be in the kitchen i love the idea of a content creator director or writer just being told go do the Star Wars story you want to do. We'll come around. We're here for your, your uh, help uh, if you need it. Uh, we're here to give you the information. We're, we're here to give you a canon checklist for those questions. But go tell the story you want. I'm excited for that, but I'm also so happy that the High Republic era is here. And it's, man, I want to say rekindle the love for, for Star Wars. My love for Star Wars is very real. It's 
it's it's always present, but it's it's kicked it up a notch. I uh, can't wait for the next High Republic books, and I, I can't wait to get caught up on the High Republic comics. I want a High Republic coloring book. I watch the videos on Star Wars YouTube. I, I, I get so excited to learn more about this era. I, I can't believe that it's here and it's working. And again, I say that from an emotional, spiritual standpoint more than I do the actual individual plot and the characters. I can't put these books on a shelf yet because I'm just so excited they're here. That's part of what's happened in the last few years. And then again, the connections we've all made. We talk often, especially here, especially me, going to these Star Wars celebrations and just feeling the unadulterated love of Star Wars. There's no cynicism. There's no snark. Oh, maybe there's questions or maybe there's, ah, what ifs? Or maybe there's some, eh, why did they do that? But it's all done from a point of joy. But here's my thing. I don't think we have to wait to the next convention, which, by the way, I can't wait to the next convention. But I don't think we have to. I think that's there for you and me, us, if we all want it. We all need it. Text one of your friends and bring up a favorite character you both love. Me and my friend uh, Van William, who's been on this show before, a great little singer, songwriter, rock and roller, check out his stuff, plug for Van. Um, he loves Horace Singh, and I love Horace Singh, too. Maybe not as much as Van, but that's all it takes. I could just text him. You see that clone? Ever see that Clone Wars episode with Horace Singh? Oh, yeah, I love that one. And that's all it takes. Yes, it's sometimes more fun to have those conversations where you're maybe a little tipsy in a hotel bar in Chicago. You look over, and, you know, Aaron Kellyman's talking with one of her friends in the lobby, and... Uh, cast members from uh, the Star Wars YouTube shows are down the down the hall, coming to the lot. You know, your favorite Star Wars YouTubers over there explaining what Star Wars is, all those things. Yeah, that's more fun, maybe. But the spirit, the joy, those connections that you made, those connections that you've made along the way from 2012, 13, 14, 15, and, and otherwise, uh, they're there. They're there for you. And we're blessed to be in this digital age. It's sometimes a curse. Sometimes on those lazy afternoons where I grab the phone and accidentally log into Twitter and see something going on and see the hate for a rock in Star Wars, which, again, I just love the execution of that idea. The idea on paper, yeah, I, don't, I wasn't sure about that. But then to actually see it on paper, I love it. But I can look at that stuff. I can look at that conversation. I can throw my phone to the side and say, God bless it. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be part of Star Wars Twitter. You can choose to go past that, and you can choose to see that we are blessed in this digital age to just be a text or a DM or a video away. Hop on StreamYard or Zoom, FaceTime even. You can do whatever you want, whatever you can to connect with those people. And the joy you feel in a hotel lobby bar celebrating Star Wars is literally that close to you and to me. I'm going to try again, try real hard on those dark days to look back on the connections I've made, to look around my room and realize I have new Star Wars toys that depict new Star Wars characters and new Star Wars vehicles and new Star Wars situations if you buy the play sets. 
I have those now. And there was absolutely no thought that they would exist to this degree, to this level. 2011, 12 even, up until that fateful day in the fall of 2012. We all remember right where we were. So this week, reach out and find those connections that you have. I think uh, on a, maybe an upcoming episode, whether it be Spotlight Star Wars or certain points of view, one of the other shows we do here, maybe, maybe we'll collect your stories of connections. Maybe we'll collect your tales of friendships inside this Star Wars galaxy and help all of us remember that as bad as it can get, as dark as it can get, as frustrating and anger-inducing, as the conversations and attitudes around Star Wars can get and bring us down. All these other things are here for us. All these other friends that you've made along the way. We are all here. Part of the command crew in the cockpit of this ship flying through the galaxy. Let's always remember the friendships we've made celebrating Star Wars. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I don't have the answer to the question I'm about to ask. Um, maybe you could help me find that answer. I uh, I sometimes wonder what happens. And now uh, the force might jump in, in here and say, well, uh, I'm the force. Uh, I, I, I help good things happen. I, I don't know. We don't need to get into that force debate with the force. But sometimes I wonder what happens if Arvel Krynid does not crash into the bridge of the executor or the executor or the exec ex- <laughs> I joke side note on that uh, I've grown up saying the executor um, in the audio sessions for my uh, book uh, why we love Star Wars me and the audio engineer went back and forth not an argument he was a Star Wars fan but he kept saying it's the executor and I said the executor 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 then we went and tried to look look it up. And, well, you know, Star Wars pronunciations are uh, sometimes written in pencil. Anyways, side note. If Arvel Crydad doesn't crash his uh, A-wing, his final act as a hero of the rebellion, if he doesn't crash it in to that bridge, killing Fermus Piet and his command crew and crashing that ship down under the surface of the Death Star, Causing Admiral Akbar to give that <sighs> giant sigh, which I feel is the soul of the Battle of Endor and actually the rebellion. That's one thing I, I loved writing about in, in the book is the idea that that's just not Akbar just exhaling out of the moment, out of the battle. It's out of the rebellion. <sighs> we may have a chance. So it's a big moment. It's a giant moment. The name Arvel Krynid should be known by Star Wars fans. Yes, it's a it's an in-story conversation, but I wonder, but what happens if he doesn't crash? How does the rebellion win that day? Again, I don't have the exact answer. This isn't a, um, a segment where I want to dig into the battle moves of the rebellion, but just uh, I, I think about that often. Every piece has to be moved into perfect position. I believe it, it starts, well, probably starts in a lot of different spots, but I, I always go to that moment with Leia and Wicked. I've talked about it a lot on Force Center. Her compassion, her foresight, her wherewithal, her just knowledge, and again, her heart immediately sees Wicked as a actual functional sentient being that can help. Nah, maybe, maybe she was a little freaked out at first. I mean, you get jabbed in your side with a spear, and you might you, you, you might get a little uh, jumpy, too. But Leia saw right away, and thus the battle started to turn. I think it started to turn right there. And oh, the battle hadn't even really begun. Every little piece has moved into place. 
So I think you pull one away and your big what if question starts to fall. If Arvo Krina doesn't crash and the Superstar Destroyer does not eh, get removed from the battle, are there other ways to do it? Yeah. And I think that is the answer for me right now. Again, I'd love to hear your theories, your ideas. What moves do the rebels have to make to get the victory that day? And that's the thing. Every piece of the rebellion had to be in a place. Uh, but if one piece fell off the uh, game board, another one, I think, would be put there. I think the spirit of the rebels would have created a landing team to get onto the shuttle and take it out. Or my old favorite, the Y-Wings, would have rallied up, formed, and ion-torpedoed, proton-bombed their way into a decisive moment over the Super Star Destroyer. I think it would have happened regardless. Thus was the spirit, thus was the hope realized by the rebellion. Let's not forget the name of Arvo Krydon. But let's never underestimate the absolute heart of the rebellion that would have found a way. But what way? If you got an idea, let me know here. We'll share it here in a future episode of Spotlight Star Wars. Rest in peace, Arvel Krynit. You were more than just a piece of the rebellion. You were the sacrifice that turned the tide of the battle for good. We're almost wrapped up here on this episode of Spotlight Star Wars. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate you hanging out with me here. In 1983, when I was seven, I sat down, like many kids of that time, and watched Return of the Jedi with eyes wide open, full of awe and wonder. And then a few minutes in, the Rancor monster showed up, and I was terrified. Shooken to my core. I'm a skittish kid. I'm a skittish person. Still am. I don't watch a lot of horror movies. Jump scares will get me. A sharp turn around a corner in a grocery store while pushing a cart sometimes scares me. Well, I've certainly gotten gotten better over the years. Even things like Large Marge and Peewee's Big Adventure still kind of scares me, if I'm being honest. The Rancor Monster was one of those things early on. But to my mom's undying credit, maybe to make a young child feel a little less scared about something my mom knew was a puppet, a, a model, some movie magic. She uh, made sure I saw, and I, don't, I can't remember if I'd already had the magazine or if I got it after. She made sure I saw actual pictures. And then later, not too much later, actual video because of the making of special that aired on TV and we taped it. She made me see that the Rancor Monster, or she called it the, the Jabba Monster or the Dungeon Monster or whatever. She wouldn't know the name and still wouldn't know the name. But the Rancor Monster was uh, the creation of someone or a group of people or uh, just the magic of the movie. And I remember seeing some of that footage. Now, remember, they tried different versions. Uh, at one point, maybe it's going to be Phil Tippett in an actual costume, uh, and they, you know, tried that. It didn't work. And then, you know, you go around to where they are now, more of the actual, uh, you know, 80s Star Wars ILM magic, little model miniature. And she showed me that. And I remember the picture of, like, Phil Tippett in the costume. 
or the little video clip that was going around at the time in the specials. I think you probably all know it. It's so funny. That's the thing about us Star Wars fans. We so love and know the behind-the-scenes stuff that if I go backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, someone will know what I'm talking about. And that picture of Tippett running around, roaring around, I should say, in the Rancor Cave, and then taking the, the mask off. I, I remember my mom saying, see, there it is. That's what that monster is. You don't have to be afraid anymore. And of course, over time, I became less afraid. And in fact, was probably more emotionally attached to the Rancor uh, than I would uh, have thought when I first saw it on screen. I understand why Malachili's crying. I don't necessarily love Batista the Rancor. I don't know if I'd have a Rancor as a pet, but I love animals. I love pets, and I get it. And he's crying, and he's sad, and I'm not holding it against Luke, but I've always seen that side of it. Uh, but that happened because uh, my mom helped usher me as a young Star Wars fan, whether she really intended this or not. Again, even to this day, not a huge Star Wars fan. It helped usher me in that era, that absolute just love of the behind-the-scenes magic. And what a testament to Star Wars. And here's we're celebrating Star Wars, and we're talking about the connections, and we're asking big what-ifs. I always go to those moments. The rancor so scared me that it actually succeeded in pulling me in. The world on that screen was so real to me, so vibrant, it was so dangerous, it was so scary, that it uh, never left me. And then when I drove home that first night, staring up into the stars, literally at the back of a Subaru station wagon, I believe. Uh, or maybe then it was still the Volkswagen van. I can't remember the family cars by year as much as I used to. But looking up to the stars and just kind of wondering, almost like that trailer for the original Star Wars, uh, let us all know, out there in space, somewhere, all this is happening. I remember driving away that night in 1983 and looking up and going, man, what's out there? Star Wars real? Because it sure felt like it. That's why we're all here. Don't ever let Star Wars not feel that big and bold and lived in and real. That is how the lessons will find you. All right. We're out of here this week. Thank you so much for listening to Spotlight Star Wars. It's a monologue for me, Ket Napsok, to you, the Four Center family and the Four Center listeners. Thank you so much for your support. You can find us on Twitter at Four Center Pod. You can go ahead and find us on Instagram, YouTube as well. We're on Facebook. You can like our Facebook page there. We have merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Four Center. You can get an audio book on us by going to audibletrial.com slash Four Center. Uh, get an audio book. Get a High Republic book. And also support the show or you can support us directly. Uh, you can do that actually via the Anchor app, but also you can go to Patreon and patreon.com slash Four Center. And help us grow the show, grow the brand, and keep the starship flying through the sky. Also, you can follow me by going to KenNapsock.com. There you can find information on all the things I do, including my book, Why We Love Star Wars, available wherever fine books are booked. And you can follow me at KenNapsock. Don't forget to check us out over at the Good People Association as well. We're building an empire of fun. But thank you so much for listening and following us and supporting us here on Force Center, and that is it for this week. Another episode of Spotlight Star Wars. All right, friends, tell me your stories, your connections of all the found friendships here in the Star Wars universe. See you next time.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.